This programme was produced at and first aired on NPR, Manawatu People's Radio, with support from New Zealand On Air. Kapai Irarangi Tomotu, NPR. If you're a fan of NPR, listening to our podcasts and live stream has never been easier. Just search for accessmedia.nz on the App Store or Google Play and download the app with the Kiwi Fruit logo. Once you've got it, pick Manawatu People's Radio from the list of stations and go find your new favourite show. Morena, no mai kiti korero. Welcome to the catch up on Manawatu People's Radio. Te reo irarangi tangata o Manawatu. Uh, it is a Thursday morning, the 3rd of March, and we turn our attention to Palmerston North City Council. And on the phone, we have Deputy Mayor Alicia Rutherford. Morena, Alicia. Kia ora, Fraser. How are you? Uh, not too bad. And uh, we, we should provide a little bit of context here because this is, um, <laughs> I'll, I'll, I'll inflate my own ego here, a current affairs show. Um, <laughs> we may not be as current as people would like because we're actually recording this, uh, as far as the listener is con- concerned, last Friday afternoon um, because, well, of pandemic reasons. Do you want to give us a little bit of an idea of what's going on in your neck of the woods? Sure. So um, I'm currently in isolation and have been since uh, Monday morning when we got the news that my husband had tested positive. Um, since then, my three-year-old daughter has tested positive for COVID. Um, and yeah, so my, my son and I are testing negative at the moment, but are both symptomatic and have been told to prepare ourselves for a um a positive test on day eight, so I thought that, which for us is Monday, so I thought that um, we should get this recorded as early as possible because I'm not sure whether I'd be uh, quite in the same space to be able to record um, around the time that it's actually due. Well, thank thank you for for making the the, the opportunity still available to us. Um, you're you're all good on the vaccination front. If you're symptomatic, it's, I'm hoping it's not going to be too harsh on you all. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I'm. Um, I'm fully vaccinated and boosted, and so um, I'm very much relying on that to get me through. Uh, it's probably a good place to start, actually. I mean, I, I don't know what the state of the uh, Wellington protests will be come uh, this Thursday. Um, but I've noticed uh, in Palmerston North uh, some small pockets of anti-mandate protest happening now. As as a elected official, obviously you're out and about with your finger on the pulse. Are you hearing much of that or is it is it quite a, a minority? Oh, it's, it's definitely a minority, but um, they have been going on for, uh, I think, early January. We had some before Christmas as well, but early January they were protesting outside the um, council. And I'm talking a couple of people, like a handful. It's, it's um, a very small amount. Uh, but it looks like they moved from outside the council to outside the police station was the late, latest location I had seen them forming. Um, but it's certainly not, um, yeah, it's not a huge number by any stretch. Mm. Uh, the, the the somewhat uh, more unkind side of my personality looks at them uh, protesting f- against the, the impingement on their freedoms, and I would encourage them to look at what's happening in Europe right now. Um, oh, exactly, that's it. <laughs> 
Um, uh, obviously, council is is operating in a very different manner right now. Through well, through all of the COVID protection frameworks, the the council has got to assess how it operates within the council chambers, but also the facilities, looking at the library and that sort of thing. Um, this the goalposts, I should imagine, would be continually moving, and particularly with the more recent move to phase three of the current protection framework, which really um, puts a lot of, uh, well, puts the responsibility back on the individual as opposed to uh, government support and even local government to a certain extent. Um, is it, has it been as challenging as I imagine it would be? Um, I think, I mean, our um, our response team have been really well prepared and whilst we've been waiting on the government to actually direct the details of, you know, what different phases look like, um, we have got a team that are really agile and um, responsive and so that they are able to move quite quickly um, to any changes. So there's definitely, you know, I don't want to discount the the effort that goes into it and the work that the team do. But it, it certainly, from my perspective, hasn't, hasn't been as challenging as we thought it might have been, um, you know, from a practical side of things. Um, of course, uh, there's always a bit of um, resistance sometimes with the community to any changes that we are just following as a result of government guidelines. Um, but, yeah, on a whole, I think there's, a, there's an understanding that we're, we're following the rules like anyone else. Is there are uh, well? I assume you'll be joining council meetings via uh, Zoom at the moment, or whatever the the council's preferred uh, platform is of choice. Uh, is, does that make things more difficult? Not being in the the same room. Obviously, we experienced it in uh, twenty twenty and indeed twenty twenty one. But those were those felt a little bit more temporary. Whereas now, with the pandemic here, th- this is more of a, a slow burn when it comes to achieving normality again. Yeah, we've been pretty consistent over the last few months of um, allowing elected members to participate online. Um, you know, where where they, I guess, feel that's you know that's their decision. Um, and through the pandemic notice, which is a piece of legislation we just refer to as a pandemic notice, through that, um, there's actually provision for, um, I guess recognition of equal participation online. So quorums, all sorts of things can be met online. Um, And so particularly towards the end of 2021, what we did was encourage people to make make that choice for themselves, but our preference was always in person where possible. Um, We're in a situation now where I think it's encouraged to be online, but people can still participate in the chamber in person. Um, And so we're seeing a bit of a hybrid at the moment. As somebody running a meeting, you know, as a chair, it's easier to have either all online or all in person, um, but it's just another layer to, to manage and, and, yeah, we've got good um, good staff who are supporting that process. Very good. Um, there is a, I hesitate to say, a little less to do at the moment uh, as far as the council goes, but the, the most of the events have just been wiped off the, the table for 2022. Most notably last weekend was meant to be Festival of Cultures, um, yeah. which, you know, is, is, is the... Uh, pretty sure I'm, I'm positive in saying one of the primary celebrations of one of Palmerston North's key strengths which is our multiculturalism and the way we all get along and and, and enjoy the society that we have um, it's I mean somewhat timely again looking at Europe and trying to demonstrate unity that's a, a, a big key factor it must be pretty sad 
that we can't do festival of cultures because we were preparing to do it um, under the the traffic light setting under orange over at the speedway. I was quite looking forward yeah. to that. Yeah, it's, look, it's one of my favourite events that the council puts on, and so it's hugely disappointing to, um, you know, have to make those decisions to cancel events like Festival of Cultures, which actually I just think it's it's such a, a key palmy event as well. Like we've we've really um, grown it into something quite fabulous, and and people travel to attend. Um, so I mean, it's, it's disappointing as somebody who goes and really enjoys attending, and um, as you know, a, a key. Um, Part of a key being part of a key um, part of organising it with the council, but actually, I, I just think you know the event sector at the moment um, has got so many um, people within it at different layers who are who are hurting. It's not just event organisers; it's you know um, our, our tech people and our behind the scenes and production and all of those kind of things. And it's yeah, I just I can't even imagine how how um, awful it must be to be one of those people. Um, experiencing, you know, your work just disappearing before your eyes. It's it's really rough time. Yeah, and it happens very quickly. Uh, NPR were going to be involved with the Kimbolton Sculpture Festival. And uh, whilst it was in doubt for a while there, you've got to keep planning. You've got to still keep organising stuff and putting things in place for it to go ahead. And then literally one phone call and it's all gone. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Pretty devastating. Um, we'll get to some uh, specific local matters in a moment, but just and this sounds a, b- a bit tenuous, and I appreciate the Palmerston North City Council, uh, when it comes to global conflict, is not in a position to do anything. However, uh, at the time of recording, as I say, uh, Friday afternoon, lots of talk in the Western world of sanctions in Russia, and. I know, for example, um, Palmerston North City Council has uh, a lot of dealings with towns and cities across the world, sister cities uh, in China specifically. Grant's been been over there and relationships form. I just wonder if Palmerston North City Council has any relationships in Russia that could be under threat by this or if it's just not really in in our viewpoint, on our radar at the moment. Uh, I, I, I genuinely don't know. I sort of was reading the news this morning and had a few questions myself about, you know, the potential impacts at a local level. Um, and then I jumped on a three-hour future of local government reform workshop and um, now we're having a phone call. So I, <laughs> I haven't quite, quite um, been brought up to speed on, on you know, the, the, any impact at a more local level um, for us just yet. But no doubt those questions will be asked. Very good, thank you. Uh, we are here with Alicia Rutherford, Deputy Mayor for Palmerston North City Council on The Catch-Up. Remember, if you want to listen to this or previous editions of The Catch-Up series, you can head to the website npr.nz forward slash show forward slash catch-up. We're also on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, wherever you get your online listening. Um, I noticed on the City Council website, Alicia, um, new sections for sale on Tamakuku Terrace, uh, another 16 sections. Uh, up for sale, um, which is obviously good news. But I always look through these le- these things with the lens of the housing crisis and just go that the numbers are not big enough. Um, and I appreciate it's not the city council's responsibility to single handedly solve the housing crisis in Palmerston North. But still, is there? Can we ramp this up at all? Is there anything that can be done? Um, we're we're releasing sections as um, as quickly as possible. So so with regard to Tamakuku, um, we obviously this is the second tranche of um, sections going out, 
there's there's quite a bit of work. Um, there's some actually quite significant time lapse videos that have been posted on our social media pages, which are amazing to watch actually and see just the magnitude of of work going into um, prepping that that site. So um, yeah, we are we are working as as quickly as possible. Um, in a broader lens of, um, I guess, housing and land availability across the city, and um, we've got a number of district plan changes. Um, <laughs> this stuff is a little bit, <laughs> bit more up my alley with um, planning planning matters, but um, we've got we're in the works with a number of um, district plan changes that would enable um, some rezoning of land, and um, yeah, so, so so we are, I guess moving at pace with that but of course there's still a wee bit of um, red tape that we have to follow in terms of legislative matters uh, to enable those those processes to go ahead but um, yeah I mean it's absolutely on the council's radar and, and we are working as quickly as we can to um, free up some land and um, yeah and, and make this available because we're, we're very aware of the housing shortage. Because uh, yeah, we've we've spoken to Tangi Utikeri, um with regards to Palmerston North getting a rare mention in Parliament with the uh, something about the Reserves Amendment Bill for Palmerston North, but basically looking at Huia Street Reserve um, yes. because that is designated as recreational space and being able to uh, go through Parliament and have that rezoned. Um, is there the potential, and, and perhaps what's the appetite around the council table for a a Papayoya place? take two down there because uh, a lot of people have noted with Huia Street Reserve that the the, traf- the the traffic infrastructure there might not suit uh, housing where everyone has their own vehicle, but certainly high-density social housing could be a, a real boon to, to grow in the city. Yeah, um, I mean, we, we haven't specifically looked at, um, at any specific mode of housing, whether it's, you know, medium density, high density, those sorts of things. We've had some um, concepts drawn up on what, at a minimum, medium density could look like, and, the, and it was for, you know, apartment style, which isn't that, that doesn't cater for that one-car spot per, per property, um, which is typically what we see across the city. And so there's real opportunity there if we can get this over the line um, to actually explore, yeah, a higher density um, of housing and get quite creative with with what we could use it for, whether it's actually uh, rental properties, which them and you know rentals in itself are in, in huge demand. Um, social housing, our, our list just continues to climb, um, or or whether they be um, just you know general apartments. Um, we haven't, yeah, no decisions been made um, at, at this stage. We are waiting on the select committee process. So we've got um, actually the hearing of submissions is next. No, it'll be the day that this goes up. Um, okay, Thursday, yeah. Tuesday morning. Yeah, and so council will be making a submission, obviously in support of what we've requested. Um, and there's a number of different views that have come through and, and lots of people from PAMI have, have taken the opportunity to have their say, which is great um, in that process. So, yeah, we were, we we're awaiting that outcome and then um, it'll be... Pending that um, that decision from select committee, then we will know whether there's an opportunity there to um, to rezone. We'll also have a um, a hearing in all March or April for Whiskey Creek, which was notified um, prior to Christmas. I'm not sure if you saw that in the newspaper. So that's um, over in uh, Cloverley, and um, that's another lot of. Um, housing up up there so there's another yeah there's there's a range of opportunities that are kind of (laughs) trying their best to go live as quickly as possible 
Um, but but Hui Street in particular, I think we've got a really cool opportunity to do something a bit different um, and and pick up the density to actually yeah get a better outcome. Mm. I was going to ask about outlying areas because obviously um, uh, Ashurst is now part of uh, uh, Palms North City Council and, and there's development going uh, out there. Um, but Bunnythorpe recently came into the City Council boundary. Is there scope to push the boundary out a little bit more, uh, perhaps to the ire of the, the neighbouring district councils, but um, to, to get more land to, to support the growing infrastructure we, we have here. Obviously, the Kiwi Rail Freight Hub, that's going to bring jobs in. Uh, there's talk of um, more soldier, uh, more people coming in at Ohakia. There's going to be more need for more housing. Any, any boundary shifts have to be agreed, obviously, by um, by the councils who they'll affect. And there's certainly nothing on the cards that I'm aware of around um, around moving boundaries. But I guess that's not to say that, you know, neighbouring districts couldn't also um, make moves to enable housing um, and growth at a at a faster pace. Um, you know, I, I will say, um, as you said, come into the Palmerston City Council in 1989. I, I do like that you say Ashes is now a part of Palmerston North, but. Um, for a while. <laughs> well, yes, I, I'm aware of that, but just in, in reference to the fact that in that time the development has really grown and it is seen <laughs> as a satellite of Palmerston North, Bunnythorpe yes, not yes. so much yet? Um, I mean, I, it's, and I don't know because for me, and, and I, I genuinely don't know if this is being a little bit younger as well, where it, it's just Bunnythorpe has for me always been a part of Palmerston North. I wasn't actually aware it, aware it was in one or two district council until um, much closer to my to the actual boundary change um, going, and it, it would have been in the newspaper. But so I, I had always assumed that that was already there. Um, I don't know whether that's a common view or not, but um, but yeah, I mean, with regard to issues, you're, you're right. There's been huge growth, and there's a number of areas within issues that have been identified as. Um, Opportunities to rezone some land uh, to enable an increase in housing supply out here as well. Um, so yeah, lots lots of opportunity on the cards. Marvellous. Um, people may or may not be aware that Jimmy Ellingham, the uh, regional reporter for RNZ for Manawatu, is based at NPR. Uh, and he had a, a, a trial by fire, quite literally, when he started the role as the regional reporter. Uh, the first story he reported on was the fire in the old post office building in Palmerston North, uh, colloquially referred to as the old High Flyers building as well, depending on your, your generation. I think there was another pub in before there that people uh, reference it as as well. Um <laughs> This building has been just awash with sort of controversy and conspiracy around who owns it, what they're going to do with it, mm. why, why it looks the way it looks. I understand there is resource consent offered to, to make it a, a very usable and very pretty building, much like it was in its heyday. Um, and yet there it sits, scorched by um, smoke marks and windows broken. And I know the City Council has been quite uh, active within the powers it has available to it to try and get something done, but to very little avail. Do you share the community's frustration on, on this, well, quite frankly, eyesore in the very centre of our city? Oh, absolutely. And I, to be honest, I think most of my colleagues, if not all, would also agree with that. It's been immensely frustrating um, to be continually putting out offers to, you know, the owner and or, or potential Developers and um, yeah, not really have any progress on that at the moment. 
And I guess, you know, particularly because we've got a, um, a piece of work around focused on the city centre, Streets for People, which also includes that stretch from, you know, the roundabout um, where High Flyers, I'm, I'm of the generation who call it High Flyers, um, <laughs> High Flyers down to Broadway. That piece is next, you know, it's next in, in line for um, work and it's really tricky to have a significant um, building on that, you know, in that space, particularly with that that deck that comes off into the um, footpath, mm-hmm. and and not to have good engagement around what you know the vision that we've got and, and the plans that we want to do, um, and it certainly it, it won't stop us, but I imagine it would add cost because there could be some retrofitting um, later, or um, yeah, I'm I'm not quite sure how that would look, but we've we've got um, our team of um, planners have been really engaged with um, both the agent, the listing agent, but also the owner to try and um, yeah do do a multitude of things, and we have not had a lot of luck. No, because I mean it, it strikes me that surely at some point. Uh, some sort of punitive measure could be uh, put in place if 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 the work is not being done because it's an unsafe building and people are breaking into it and either sleeping in, in there or uh, vandalizing yeah. it. it. It's unsafe. Surely that at some point, uh, if the carrot doesn't work, the stick has to come out. Yeah, and and I mean those are definitely conversations that are being had. Very good. Um, looking to the the news and uh, certainly current on Friday, um, I saw an article in the Manawatu Standard, a mayoral task force against inner city criminals. Um, we've got a number of sort of agencies and collaborative measures. There's a, a Safer Cities, something or other. Um, you'll be able to tell us in a moment. Um, what is the this new mayoral task force going to bring to the table to try and get some of the uh, the, the younger and, and perhaps more mischievous crimes in hand? I actually read about that at the same time you did so I actually have no information on it I wasn't aware it was um, happening and I, I, I don't know anything about it Fair enough. Well, well, we'll we'll ask someone in a fortnight's time and see if we can get more information on that. (laughs) The other news, um, which I thought was quite interesting for a multitude of reasons, was the resignation of the CEO, Heather Schotter. Oh, yes. Yes, that so, was yeah, yeah, that was big news this week. Yes, so I think her last day is is uh, the eighth of March, I think. But she's going on, and, and it certainly sounds like a good job to be instrumental in the leading of the government's three waters reform, um, which I find quite interesting because I didn't think there was a, a definitive plan there. And we spoke to Grant Smith a couple of weeks ago, um, and and we asked him why. City Council has taken the position it has. Grant seems to think that the the, the main I'm, I'm paraphrasing a little bit um, Palmerston North City Council by and large agrees with a lot of what Helen Warboy's group Communities for Local Democracy are saying but at the end of the day the City Council can't afford to do the wastewater reform that is required here so we have to opt for three waters but it sounds like the plan's going ahead Yeah I'm um- I'm not aware of those comments that the mayor has made, um, and I have um, been invited as an individual elected member to join um, Mayor Helen's group, and very strongly rejected that and requested to be removed from the mailing list. Actually, um, 
I'm yeah, so I don't share those views. Um, and I mean, my understanding is is that actually the government have been very clear, particularly in recent months, that um, they're they're progressing with um, the the three waters reform. It's not a is this going to happen? It's happening, and if anything, we're we're waiting to hear on the details of what that will look like. Um, and my guess is, you know, without knowing actually much about what Heather's new role is, my guess is that she's she's going to have quite a crucial part in um, that transition. It seems that she's heading it up, and so I guess she'll probably be the one to advise us on what that process will look like, or you know, next steps, um, which is really at the point what we're waiting on. Um, prior to Christmas, we submitted some questions through the DIA seeking clarification on a number of aspects. Um, and yeah, so so we've got questions, but it's not it's not we're not in an environment where we can opt in or out. It's, it's happening, and um, it doesn't seem like a good use of anybody's time or resources to be trying to run a campaign um, against this piece of work, which is, is very clearly going ahead. Um, what it does mean, of course, uh, is that uh, people, I think most people are aware, but the, for the benefit of listeners who aren't, uh, the city council or the elected officials employ precisely one person in the grand swathe of uh, employees um, in the city, and that is the CEO. Um, so uh, who, who's drafting up the job ad and who's on the recruitment panel? <laughs> well, actually, another hat that I wear is the chairperson of the um, Chief Executive Panel, um, and so I'll be um, I'll be leading that process uh, to leading a panel of people um, to essentially create a shortlist. Um, we'll, we're hoping to follow a similar um, process. This is all subject, of course, to a council decision because elected members will will determine the process. But if we follow anything that was um, similar to the previous Chief Executive recruitment. We had a panel who um, sort of got through down to a shortlist and then we had candidates. Um, it was almost like they pitched to us. It was a little bit Dragon's Den style. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, so they sort of speak to elected members and um, there's an opportunity for questions. And uh, I guess in some way it is a, a, a job interview with 16 people. And then um, and then a decision's made and that all goes through through council. Um, it's, about a, it's about a six to eight month process um, by the time you sort of, you know, engage a consultant and determine a job specifications or person specifications and long lists and short lists and all sorts of things. But um, yeah, it's, it's an exciting opportunity that the um, the city's in to um, ha- have a have an element of fresh leadership. If uh, anyone was going to be getting in touch with the CE, obviously we, we we won't have one. Will there be an acting CE? Do we know who that will be in that interim eight month time? Yeah, yeah, there will be absolutely. Um, the mayor and I are just in the process um, at the moment of having those early conversations around um, who who we might um, ask to uh, support us through that time. So um, no doubt we'll we'll announce that once we've um, made a decision and talked to our colleagues around uh, what we're going to do in that space. Splendid. Uh, Alicia Rutherford, Deputy Mayor for Palmerston North City Council, thank you very much for joining us on the catch-up this morning. Oh, my pleasure. And remember, if you want to listen to this or previous editions of the Catch-Up series, just head to the website npr.nz forward slash show forward slash catch-up. We'll be back tomorrow at half past eight with MP for Rangitiki Ian McKelvey. Do join us then. 
support this show and others like it by giving a donation. For more information, go to www.mpr.nz forward slash donate.